Well, good morning, everyone. My name's Brian, and today is Monday, May 15th, 2023, and this is episode 401 of the Lost Project podcast, a daily look inside our journey to live outside the systems of control, and it's another Coffee with Brian. Monday morning, how's everyone doing? Want to make an announcement right up front? I uh, definitely forgot about the patch of the week um, poll yesterday. That's... uh, that is for sure something I remembered uh, about uh, 9.30 last night when I laid down in bed and went, it's a little late. It's a little late to give it its uh, fair run. So we're going to just run with uh, run with what we brung and, uh, and go with one two-week winner. This, uh, this uh, one is, uh, or two is one, one is none, and three is a guarantee is a two-week winner. So, Ah, good morning, Ryan. Good morning, Josh. James, how's it going? Robin in the earbuds out taking care of the ducks. If you are, um, if you're going to be chatting with uh, Rachel Lynn, she, fun interviews, fun interviews for sure, for sure. James says Friday question is still pinned. Yeah, make you work for it, my man. Make you work for it. I put it up yesterday. I had a I had a tough weekend, man. I had a tough weekend. I had a tough weekend. I uh, I didn't get a whole lot. Actually, the end of the week and into the weekend, I was dealing with some other shit and um, and didn't get a whole lot uh, of focused work done. So it is what it is. Back into it this week, so it was a little light on uh, a light on posting and uh, online interaction. As uh, yeah, sometimes you got to do some shit. So. What's in the cup today? I got uh, FTO Blonde Espresso. Finished up the GSD over the weekend and um, had to pick between some more GSD or some FTO Blonde and definitely went with the FTO Blonde. Um, This is C4 week, so new coffee coming this week. Ah. James said his weekend was terrible. I didn't. I didn't say it was necessarily terrible. Um, just not um, not really productive the way I had hoped. Not really productive the way I'd hoped. But definitely got uh, definitely got some coffee coming this week that is uh, different, new, and exciting. Um, we are doing some taste testing for the Silver Bullet blend. Uh, Brian and I uh, are both having samples. He's waiting for a sample to get to me, and we'll both have some and give her a try. And that is going to be the super secret blend that um, that, that one ounce coin uh, will be inside of for the Cracker Jack surprise of the one ounce coin with your other five pounds of coffee with that six ounces and uh, six pounds and an ounce special that we're doing. So, uh, yeah. It, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, to give it a try. He went uh, with a really visually appealing blend uh, with some really dark and some really light, so that uh, the beans themselves, the beans themselves, actually look like a blend. And then uh, we'll give it a try. And I haven't ever had anything that I didn't like uh, from Brian, so I can't imagine that this will be any different. 
Uh, Josh says uh, he had his head in code all weekend. Time moves differently. Yeah, dude, you've sent me links and uh, they're just sitting there. I just didn't. Uh, wasn't in the cards, let's say. It wasn't in the cards for sure. So that is what it is. It is what it is. Move on. Move on and start again and um, and get back in that routine. So James says time isn't real. It sure is when you got to get up and, uh, and do some stuff or uh, you're on a schedule. <laughs> time is real. Time is time is what you make it, I guess. I guess if you want, if you don't believe that time is real and you don't uh, adhere to it, you might run into some issues in uh, in your day to day. But that is what it is. Um, I says that's correct. Time is not real; merely a construct of human nature. Yeah, we. I mean, we did get into that um, in one of the perfect cup questions, and. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those those questions. It's um, Ryan says it's merely a construct of human nature. Well, that makes it real. We've made it something. We utilize it. Um, is is um, let me see. Like some some math theory is that is that uh, is that not real because someone someone made it up and utilized it as a tool i don't know i don't know i think it's real for what it is yeah oh this is too deep for monday morning for sure let's uh let's move on to that perfect cup question of the day speaking of that uh i was really impressed yesterday when i tossed it out there um <laughs> got a my fair uh, the normal amount of um interaction over on telegram but i was very, very pleased that I was able to get um, almost as much interaction on Noster as um, as the Telegram group and uh, basically zero interaction other than Telegram and Noster. So uh, doing a little experiment. I'm doing uh, my morning blog post and doing uh, also the questions on all the socials. Um, on everything except Noster and Telegram, I'm asking to share uh, to see to see if anybody's seen it, seeing if anybody's doing the free things, um, liking, sharing, things like that, and see if I'm just wasting my time uh, posting there. So it's um, it's yeah, it's interesting to see what's playing out. But anyway, let's get to that perfect cup question of the day. We're already at seven minutes, and I uh, got a lot to talk about today. So. Here we go. All right, everyone. It's time again for the 76th edition of the Perfect Cup, a daily question and my thoughts. Join the discussion in my Telegram group. That's t.me slash lots chat. That's t.me slash lots chat. I post a question there daily and all over social media. If you are interested in participating, track one down and reply, and you will get your answer put on the list. Currently, we are uh, we are definitely getting lots of interaction in the Telegram group and over on Noster. So if you are on one of those, I appreciate you chiming in. If not, why aren't you hitting like? Why aren't you hitting share? Why aren't you answering the question? The question for Monday, May 15th is, if you could choose one book as a mandatory read for all high school students, which book would you choose? If you could choose one book as a mandatory read for all high school students, what book would you choose? 
got a lot of good answers over in uh, in Telegram, and I'm going to start there with Carson. Carson said the Hunger Games, as part oh excuse me as part of that, he would also make the author's thoughts on the origin of the series part <laughs> of the reading. Um, Corey and I finally actually watched. I never read it. Um, I wasn't interested in enough. Uh, I wasn't interested in enough um, of the story to pick up the book and read them. Watch the movies, and I know that the movies don't uh, don't correlate well with the book, from what I understand. Especially getting into like the third um, the third volume. They were actually talking about that in the group yesterday, but I had heard that before. Um, I don't know if that's something I'd sit down and read at this point. But um, the the theory or the origin of the concept intrigues me a little. Um, that was what intrigued me about the movies. And then it went a little too far on the, the sci-fi and weirdo shit towards, um, towards the middle or the end. Hunger Games. Hunger Games. It is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, Sean over in Telegram says, The Sneetches by Dr. Seuss. I'm always a big fan of making high school kids read Dr. Seuss. Uh, Canadian Farmstead says, Player Piano by Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, Kyle, the Kyle, the backwoods butcher said he wasn't really sure how to read, uh, but he remembers in high school that they were going to make him read the Scarlet Letter. Uh, and that was the one he would pick everybody else have to read. I don't know if because it was thick or what it was, but, uh, Kyle says the Scarlet Letter. Josh, the renegade butcher says 1984. I agree. Um, everybody should read that. Robin Hosting weighed in with one second after. I have not read that. Um, I'm pretty sure that's a prepper porn uh, book. I uh, I think. I know they discussed it in Toolman Tim's book club, and um, it's just not my not my genre for sure. Uh, Scrambling says the Tao of Pooh, and um, I read that, and I. Uh, <laughs> I've kind of heard I've, I've kind of heard that um, and then as I, I kind of heard of it and as as I was reading it, I was like the Tao of Pooh um, T-A-O and P-O-O-H and it could be way different if uh, you, you drop that H off uh, and James James wrapped up this morning with Atlas Shrugged over in the telegram group because he said I didn't pin the question and he had to look for it. Sorry, James over here in the comments real quick. Um, Philippine nomad, Mike, the Philippine nomad says um, how to win friends, uh, how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie is one that he, um, he would definitely make them read. And um, let's uh, let's get over on Noster. The comments that we had over on Noster I was uh, very impressed by the the, re, uh, the response over there. And, uh, man, you respond on Nas Noster and I zap you. I zap your answers uh, because I uh, definitely reward value for value. I would go in and tip uh, all the answers on the Telegram chat, but um, then I would have to, like, reply, tip. It's really easy on Noster when it's just one tap. Boom, boom, boom. I don't know. I don't know. I like it. I like it. Anyway, over on Noster, Luke said Atlas Shrugged, uh, mirrored James, and we got that a couple times. I figured uh, out after the, the comments started rolling in that this was like a perfect question for this crowd. 
um, we all have that book that either sent us over the edge or got us thinking or things like that. And you want to spread that word. Uh, Polly Pagan over on Noster said American nations by Colin Woodard, um, black, black soldier fly kits, uh, also known as K bonk over on Noster said the road to serfdom by F.A. Hayek, uh, not Adam brought up one that no one had mentioned. And then it actually got mentioned again, but, uh, not Adam said meditations by Marcus Aurelius quality, quality, um, quality choice there. Uh, I think right in line with um, meditations by Marcus Aurelius, you have to throw in, um, you have to throw in the art of war. Like if you're not reading the art of war and you're trying to get anywhere um, productive, you're doing yourself a disservice. Um, DL, DL dub, DL dub is the screen name over on Noster said, uh, another vote for Alice shrugged and art by Lee Murphy said meditations, the emperor's handbook by Marcus Aurelius, uh, another vote for that. And, um, the Foxfire books, not sure the Foxfire books, uh, I've heard of everything else. Everyone mentioned, uh, the Foxfire books. I don't recall not saying I haven't not, uh, I just don't, it doesn't ring a bell. So anyway, those are the perfect cup question answers of the day. It was pretty for, straightforward, um, pretty straightforward on um, the answers. Uh, a couple double ups. They are very popular books. I said The Art of War. I also would suggest um, the book that I've talked to, talked about multiple times. Uh, Corey, Corey knows what I'm talking about. Um, I've had her read it. I've read it several times. I've given it away every time I've bought it. Um, but Happy is, Happiness is a Serious Problem by Dennis Prager. Uh, it's not a big brother government. It's nothing like that. Uh, basically, it, um, it really puts in perspective what happiness is. And um, the things we do that um, sabotage, I guess, sabotage would be a good word, um, our own happiness. And um, really brings to light the way to get out of your own way and let yourself be happy because things are just going to happen. Um, is the biggest takeaway of the book. So happiness is a serious problem. It would be really good uh, to get kids uh, reading, especially when they're so unhappy in high school, but uh, really setting a foundation for how to be happy in life. So happiness is a serious problem uh, by Dennis Prager is mine. Uh, the rest of the list you can uh, rewind and hit up, but uh, popular answers were uh, meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Atlas Shrugged, I think, was the overall winter winner with um, with um, three three votes. Three votes. Uh, Josh says the Foxfire books are awesome, kind of like Anarchist Cookbook, but more practical and less explodey. Explodey um, covered a shitload of old school self reliance skills. Oh, okay, okay, and uh, you know now that you mention that. Um, this sounds familiar, a little bit more familiar as a uh, kind of uh, bushcraft, backwoods, survivalist um, topics and, and skills like that, I think. I've had a lot of shit go through my head in 45 years, so <laughs> some things stick and some things don't. Good morning, Corey. Good morning, everyone. 
she actually gives a vocal, a vocal good morning, everyone, this morning. Oh, wow. Did you guys pick that up on the mic? I don't know how much my mic, mic is muffling out because um, I got the air on this morning. It is nasty, hot, sticky, humid here in Tennessee, and we got our air running. But uh, anyway, that's enough for the perfect cup. Uh, we're coming up on 10 minutes. I appreciate you listening. The question for tomorrow is... Um, is an interesting one. So you're going to want to keep your eyes out on uh, Telegram and all the other socials and weigh in. Uh, with this, it's been another edition of The Perfect Cup. Be sure to check out theperfectcup.shop. That's theperfectcup.shop for all your premium air roasted coffee needs and uh, coffee swag. You hit that link and boom, you can get over to where my coffee comes from every day over at Food Forest Farms. You can pick up our blends that we have made we've um we've dialed them in samples going back and forth across the across the um a country and uh, sampling and uh and dialing in those recipes so be sure to check those out or uh hit up thelostproject.com and grab some coffee mugs and fun stuff over there i appreciate you listening and now back to the main show kyle says we're honored Corey." And uh, Josh says, wow, good morning, Corey. She's just not a Corey cutout in the background. Josh, you met her. <laughs> Did you think I stashed her somewhere somewhere along the road? And I just had a cardboard cutout like uh, Home Alone where I got a string down here and it pulls it back and forth across every day. Yeah, she's still there. Doo -doo -doo. <laughs> At least I don't have to worry about making her hair longer every day. <laughs> oh... Internet problem, I assume. Oh, am I uh, am I freezing up and and lagging and all sorts of fun stuff like that? I don't know what's what the deal is with our internet here, um, but it is the most inconsistent that I've ever had it so far with Starlink. I don't know if it's the trees. It's saying in my app that it's all clear. Um. Oh, Pippinized internet is uh, is got problems, but anyway, yeah, our our internet signal is um, is wonky here for sure. So I'm gonna have to. Um... <laughs> I just I'm going to have to um, figure it out. But yeah, Philippine Nomad says I'm five by five this morning. Yeah, um, it's. It's weird. I can watch the signal strength on the screen and I just, um, <laughs> it just rotates. It cycles constantly. And I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It could be that I'm up here in Tennessee and this isn't just any, this isn't somewhere where they focused on uh, getting service. So Backwoods Butcher says I need to interview uh, Musk and have him clear it up. I don't know. He's offering like, for ungodly amounts of money, you can get um, you can get Starlink and take it on a boat now, like out in the ocean, not on like a little lake or something. But you can literally take um, you can take your Starlink on a ship with you, and uh, it's super expensive. It's really really expensive. So Gingerbread says. He gets, I get my military grade Starlink now that I'm a fed. Yeah, I'm a fed. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. I would go, um, yeah. <laughs> and Josh says, Elon's, Elon's probably too busy playing with the WEF friends and blowing up the rockets to worry about his satellite toys. 
yeah, did you see that uh, that that lovely human being that he hired as uh, as the CEO of Twitter now? <laughs> that was some definite some definite meme uh, gold when uh, when that came out. But anyway, let's get to this history segment. Um, Ryan did a phenomenal job this week. I have all the history segments for the week already, and I was scrolling through this one this morning. And um, hey, we might run out the store, or we might run out this this show with this <laughs> so <clears throat> here we go this day in history welcome to monday humans it's may 15th welcome to a lots of history stuff it reconfigures i think of lots of history stuff while working <laughs> while i worked backwards on the history segment for this week Anyway, Ryan shrugs and says, anyway, humans, here's the history stuff. I don't know if that note was for me or for you, but I thought I'd give it to you guys. On this day, on this day, 1817, the opening of the first private mental health hospital in the United States, the asylum for the relief of persons deprived of the use of their reason. Yes, I will read that again. The first mental hospital in the United States was actually called the Asylum for the Relief of Persons Deprived of the Use of Their Reason. The building is now called Friends Hospital in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Drawing on a belief that all persons could live a moral, ordered existence if treated with kindness, dignity, and respect, despite their disabilities. And, by the way... Um, <laughs> What the hell? Oh, my God. I'm looking over here in the comments, and uh, Pippin is going to make his own history podcast. And um, Backwoods says, I don't deserve Ryan doing the history segment. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think the exchange for um, Duction Cup promotion is more than enough compensation. Thanks. Thanks, Backwoods. Let's move on. Let's move on in the history. This day in 1836, Francis Bailey observes Bailey's beads during an annular eclipse. <laughs> oh, I didn't catch that on the first one through way through this morning. But 1836, Francis Bailey observes Bailey's beads during an annular eclipse. As the moon covers the sun during a solar eclipse, the rugged topography of the lunar surface allows beads of sunlight to shine through in some places while not in others. Although Bailey is often said to have discovered the cause of the feature which the bead bears his name, Sir Edmund Haley made the first recorded observations of Bailey's beads during the solar eclipse of uh, May 3rd, 1715. Link in the notes. Pip's notes, Bailey's beads sounds more like an adult female toy, not light shining through the moon, mount, the moon mountains, just saying. And I realized that they first happened during an annual eclipse. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work. 1851, this day, the first Australian gold rush is proclaimed, although the discovery had, made, uh, had been made three months earlier. After California gold rush began in 1848, many people went there from Australia. So the New South Wales government sought approval from the British Colonial Office for the exploitation exploration of mineral resources and offered rewards for finding gold. Australian gold rush. 
Let's get down here to 1905. This day in 1905, the city of Las Vegas was founded in Nevada, United States. The 25th most populous city in the United States when 110 acres of adjacent land to the Union Pacific Railroad tracks were auctioned in what would become the downtown area. In 1911, Las Vegas was incorporated as a city. Pips notes, recall when Vegas tried to do the wholesome family city? I do. I do. Still, it does is about a dozen years ago. Yeah, that was a little screwy. Uh, Pip's never been to Vegas and don't really care to go anyway. I have. I have spent quite a bit of time in Vegas, and I don't really care to go back, even though it was fun and um, sometimes profitable. This day in 1911, the Standard uh, Standard Oil Company of New Jersey versus the United States, the United States Supreme Court declares Standard Oil to be an unreasonable monopoly under the Sherman Antitrust Act. And orders the company to be broken up. Hmm. By 1970, Standard Oil was producing about 10% of the United States output of refined oil. This quickly increased to 20% through the elimination of the competitors in the Cleveland area. Over a period of decades, the Standard Oil Company of New Jersey had bought up virtually all of the oil refining companies in the United States. Initially, the growth of the Standard Oil was driven by superior refining technology and consistency in the kerosene products, i.e. product standardization, that were the main use of oil in early decades of the company's existence. The management of Standard Oil then reinvested their profits in the acquisition of most of the refining capacity in the Cleveland area. Then a center of oil refinery until Standard Oil controlled the refining capacity of that key production market. Pips notes, where is the line between smart business model and strategy and a monopoly? Yeah, I don't know. I was reading the, I was reading the, um, I was reading the kind of chronological timeline there and it sounded like Standard Oil just made a better product. So they sold more and then they took the money they made and bought their competitors because they produced shitty oil um, and then they just owned everything. If that's being wrong, I don't want to be right. What do we got here in uh, this day in 1940? The USS Sailfish is recommissioned. It was originally the USS Squalus, a U.S. Sargo class submarine originally named Squalus as the Squalus. As the Squalus, the submarine sank off the coast of New Hampshire during test dives on the 23rd of May, 1939. Excuse me. I got lost. The sinking drowned 26 crew members, but an ensuing rescue operation using the McCann Rescue Chamber for the first time saved the lives of the remaining 33 aboard. The Squalus was salvaged in late 1939 and recommissioned as the Sailfish. Recommissioned as the USS Sailfish in May 1940, she conducted numerous patrols in the Pacific War during, <laughs> during World War II, earning nine battle stars. Uh, Pips knows I thought it was bad juju to rename a ship. I don't know. I don't know if it's bad juju to rename it, but you're not going to get me on a submarine that already sank once. Dun, dun, dun. 1963, this day in 1963, Project Mercury, the launch of the final Mercury mission, Mercury Atlas 9, with a astronaut Gordon Cooper on board. He becomes the first American to spend more than a day in space and the last American to go into space alone. 
During the 34-hour mission, he became the first American to spend an entire day in space, the first to sleep in space, and the last American launched on an entirely solo orbit mission. Despite a series of severe equipment failures, he managed to successfully complete the mission under the manual control, guiding his spaceship, which he named Faith 7. Just splashed down just four miles, 6.4 kilometers ahead of the recovery ship. That's pretty pinpoint shit right there. Um, <laughs> this day in 1988, Soviet-Afghan war, after more than eight years of fighting, the Soviet army begins to withdraw 115,000 troops from Afghanistan. Huh. Huh. 1988, huh? How long did it take for the U.S. to go in after Russia left? This day in 1910, Jessica Watson became the youngest person to sail nonstop and unassisted around the world solo, although her voyage did not meet the distance criteria of the 21,600 nautical miles for the circumnavigation. Watson was nevertheless named the 2011 Young Australian of the Year and awarded the Medal of Order of Australia in 2012 for service to sailing and to youth through the achievement of sailing solo and unassisted around the world and as a role model for young Australians. Pip's notes are, I didn't find how short Watson was of the required voyage, but any voyage you can walk away from. Yeah, I hear that for sure. Uh, let's hit some birthdays this year and uh, this day in 1856, L. Frank Baum, American novelist, uh, American author best known for his children's books, particularly The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, part of a series. In addition to the 14 Oz books, Baum penned 14, or 41 other novels, not including four lost unpublished novels. 83 short stories, over 200 poems, and at least 42 scripts. Uh, this day in 19, or 1895, Prescott Bush. Yeah. Let's just skip him. This day in 1905, Abraham Zampruder, American businessman and American photographer, filmed uh, the Zapruder film in 1970, Pips notes. This is the dude that had one of the better angles video footage of the Kennedy head being exfoliated. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. That's where that I've heard that name. Uh, this day in 1952, Chaz Palmentary, American actor, director, producer, and screenwriter, the usual suspects, investigator, and a dozen other cop and mob movies. Yeah, I'm not a big director guy. Never was. Um, I liked the movies. I didn't really care who made it. Uh, this day in 1967, Laura Brand, American journalist and author, her two best-selling nonfiction books, Sea Biscuit, An American Legend, and Unbroken, A World War II Story of Survival, Resilience, and Redemption. Passings. Uh, June, uh, this day in 2003, June Carter Cash, American singer, songwriter, guitarist, and actress, uh, was born in 1929. And um, she uh, married that dude. Uh, oh, yeah, the man in black, Johnny Cash. It was the second, second wife of Johnny Cash. Uh, holidays. This day is Peace Officers Memorial Day in the United States, and this pays tribute to the local, state, and federal peace officers who have died or who have been disabled in the line of duty. 
The holiday was created on October 1st, 1961, when Congress authorized the president to designate May 15th to honor peace officers. John F. Kennedy signed the bill into law on October 1st, 1962. Cheers and get shit done this week, guys. Thank you, Ryan, for all the wonderful history notes. I really appreciate it. Um, All the links for all these stories, if you missed any of it or would like to go back and look in more, will be in the blog post here in a few hours after the show goes up. I will spread that link around. And uh, while you're there, be sure to click on the one that says DuctionCups.com and get yourself a little, uh, get yourself a plugsy. Or if you drive a Jeep, get something to put on your dash. If you don't drive a Jeep, get something to put on your dash. DuctionCups.com. That's like it sounds, just like suction cups, but with a D. U-C-K. T-I-O-N-C-U-P-S, DuctionCups.com. Ah. Man, you guys really flew through the comments while uh, while I was doing that there. Josh says, uh, submarines are meant to sink. Yes, they are, uh, but not permanently. Uh, Flex Seal, Flex Seal, Backwoods Butcher says they forgot to close the screen door. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this was all pretty much, um, this was all, yeah. This is just, just, yeah. Never mind. I thought they had a lot of decent comments, but, uh, yeah, no. No. <laughs> oh, boy. How was your weekend, guys? I hope everything was well. Um, we have an updated uh, updated piece of chicanery across the street here with the neighbors, the babyhead neighbors. Uh, Corey noticed a new um, new addition to the front yard. We now have it was a um, mannequin with clown hair. Yeah, we have a mannequin with clown hair, uh, like the rainbow the rainbow wig on a mannequin. Um, that is a new addition. And I think I mentioned uh, the fake security cameras. Well, what I what I assume to be fake security cameras on a post right in the middle of the yard. Uh, so those are two new updates to the to the yard. I have yet to to wander over to the bar when it's been open to get the scoop on what's going on. And Corey has advised me until we no longer staying here, I am not uh, permitted to go and interview the people in the house. Josh is mad. He says, how much wit and humor do I have to carry the comments with on a Monday morning? You should get yourself some PTO Blonde <laughs> and fire it up. Oh, yeah. Well, Kyle says that's not any fun. I do I do understand Corey's uh, logic behind um, her her request for me not to interview them. Uh, but I do really want to, I do want to get over and, uh, and talk to somebody at the bar and see, and see, I mean, I'm sure it's gotta be a, uh, quite frequent topic of conversation. Anybody that stops in there that, uh, has never been there before, just wondering what is going on across the street. Cause it's directly across, directly across. So, and I kind of understand, I, I understand if those people live there and they had a wonderful home and then some dude popped a bar across the street. I can see there being a little, uh, a little bit of, um, a <sighs> little bit of angst and a little bit of, uh, a little bit of trouble. But 
anyway, let's uh, let's talk about what I uh, pushed off on Friday. I was uh, getting ready to talk about our water management here, um, not necessarily our um, our freshwater tank or our gray water. Uh, we don't have black water. Uh, we took that out since we have a composter. We use both our tanks for gray water. But we were more referring to that thing right there. If you can see the video, the Berkey behind me. And our um, our uh, three camels that we have. I guess camels don't drink that much water. Uh, they do drink a lot at once and they store it in their hump, right? Is that what we learned as kids? But anyway, the three dogs, um, Corey said I should probably talk about the constant, um, the constant, oh my God, <laughs> this, this, the comments just went sideways. I don't know if I could go down that road, but uh, the time and energy we spend on drinking water um, in our day is significant significant to say the least i say that we constantly have it in process or should um we to put it into perspective on travel days we we don't get a lot of water done we maybe get one one round in the morning um while we drink our coffee and everything we fill it up let it process and um we have was it six jugs plus the gallon or is that included? We have six gallons of water stored, um, fresh water, drinking water, ready to drink. We don't have to filter it or anything. Um, and that is strictly for days that we are either gone all day, um, that we are um, traveling, or for some reason we don't have water uh, and we can't fill the Berkey to keep it cycling uh, for whatever reason. We probably go through six gallons a day. Do you say about six gallons a day? Uh, at, least. at least. She says at least, yeah. Um, on a travel day, it's a lot less because the dogs aren't drinking constantly when we're in, in the truck. Uh, but on a normal day, uh, between the dogs and ourselves, as far as drinking water, we go through at least six gallons a day. And it might not seem a lot like a lot. It might um, seem like an easy, um, it might seem like an easy task. Um, but when you put that much water through a Berkey, uh, there's lots of maintenance. <laughs> there's uh, the filters get clogged and, and uh, not knowing not knowing the quality of the water uh, where you're getting them. You get a lot of uh, sediment. You get a lot of minerals and things like that. Hey, good morning, K-Bong. Thanks for joining us. I, uh, I, I picked up your, uh, your answer to the perfect cup over on Noster last night. I appreciate it. Um, but it slows down. Uh, when it slows down, it slows down incrementally, and you don't really notice it. And all of a sudden, you're behind. All of a sudden, you're behind. Or it's really hot one day, and the dogs drink an extreme amount of water. And the, the shift between a little water in a day and a lot of water is only a few degrees. 
it's only a few degrees um, and they can go through gallons more. And I think I've mentioned it before a hundred times, but the reason we go through so much water with the dogs is the slobber. Um, as they drink, it's almost though I would say a one for one exchange at least. Um, as they drink, if I if I put a half a gallon of water in a bowl, I'm guessing they drink about a quarter and they fill back up a quarter gallon with slobber, and then that makes the other half, quarter gallon um, not drinkable. It's it's thick. Um, if we sorry, Norman's having a dream down here behind me. He's like barking in his sleep uh, and it's shaking the slide. And I was like, oh, no, what's going on? Uh, he's just taking a nap and, and barking. But anyway, um, it becomes undrinkable. If they try to drink it, uh, they end up throwing up and it's uh, even more of a mess. It is, it is something I would never suggest anybody attempt on the road, for sure. Um, if you have clean tap water, if you... Um, if you if you have clean tap water, if you have a system set up to where it's on demand and, and you're not having to physically process it all, um, it it wouldn't be as bad. Like when we were at home and we knew our well water was good and we didn't necessarily have to give them um, Berkey water, it wasn't as bad. Uh, but St. Bernard's are definitely known for sensitive stomachs. And when we give them water, we want them not to uh, puke or poo all over the camper. So we filter it for them. <laughs> Kyle says, just just recycle all the face slime for from them. And Josh says, you need a dedicated separate reverse slobmosis system to reuse the dog drool water. Um, you, you aren't kidding for the last year or so I've been trying to come up with, uh, an option or a way to do something with the slobber. I did figure out that it does help with combating fire ants in Texas. Um, I say slobber and you try to wrap your head around what, um, how much I'm talking what is that like a two and a half gallon? So we have a two and a half gallon bucket. Um, one of the, like the farm buckets you get a tractor supply, two and a half gallon size. Uh, I empty that daily. Daily. Uh, K Bong says, is the Berkey approved for face slime filtering? I, I don't know if it is because I'll never put it in there. Uh, unless I have one that is strictly for them, I will never put that stuff in my Berkey. Um, and... I just don't know of any way to do anything with it. It's like egg whites. It's like seriously the closest thing I can think of to the consistency is egg whites. And the more they get the actual water out of it, um, the thicker it gets and the, the more gelatinous it gets. I've tried putting less water in the bowls to make sure they drink more water and get less slobber. And all that does is make it thicker, quicker, and make them sick. So you have to fill it a minimum amount for them to drink um, the clean water, and then it exchanges it back in and thickens it up. It, it's, it's seriously a scientific process that we've come to determine 
the optimal amount to fill the bowls to not waste too much water. <laughs> Kyle says face moisturizer, window, not window cleaner, dude. No way. Cooking oil, possibly lube. The possibilities are endless. Uh, K-Bonk wonders if it's enzyme rich. I don't know. I uh, I haven't held on to any for sampling. Uh, and Josh says you just need to add some secret, some sense and market all natural personal lubricants. <laughs> he says the marketing line could be get some lots snob for your knob. <laughs> Oh, that kind of turns my stomach just thinking about it. Yep, yep, it does. But it's a science. It's a science managing these guys. Um, Walter, so we have three levels of disgusting. Um, I guess two and a half. Clyde isn't that bad. Clyde um, Clyde will drool when he gets... Um, excited or hungry or this or that um he'll get he'll get drool hanging from his his mouth he's he's very clean otherwise uh i don't think he drools that much back into the into the the bowl it's more like a normal dog um norman is in the middle norman when he drinks a lot obviously it will lap back in out of his uh out of his jowls and and fill back up but it isn't nasty nasty it's um it's relatively clean compared to walter walter and from the beginning walter if it's warm his chin is is wet and when things stay wet i mean have you had wet feet for more than a day straight things get nasty things get gross things kind of smell um, you try to help him out as, and, and um, you try to, to help him out and brush it out. Um, it just stays wet. He's always um, secreting something out of his jowls and it's keeping his under chin wet. And then he will um, lay on the floor and it just we try we try as much as we can to keep up with it. But the problem is when he drinks, it flows back over this nastiness back into the bowl. So Walter gets his own bowl um, because it just gets gross. Uh, while Clyde and Norman's share a bowl. They do well with that. Um, Clyde, we always let get a drink first. We hold Norman back because if Clyde drinks prior, he gets a drink. Otherwise, Norman will drink it, slopper it all up, and we have to change it immediately so the other one can get a drink. Sometimes if they're really hot and we're coming back all at once, we will get out a third bowl for Clyde. But we just don't have it just don't have um, enough room to have three bowls. We don't have enough water to have three bowls out all the time. Uh, we have three food dishes. We have two huge water bowls out, and uh, that pretty much covers our kitchen floor. We're constantly kicking them, tripping over them, sliding them out of the way. The dogs are tripping over them. Um, yeah, yeah. Corey and I dream of a day when um, this isn't the case. We can't imagine life without them, except every day we can. 
we wouldn't want to live without them until we have to. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Love them to death. Love them to death. Um, but it will be a completely different world for us um, when we don't have to deal with it. Like people have said before, we definitely figured out how to do this harder than easier to begin with, which is kind of our MO anyway. Life will get so much easier, <laughs> but man, it'll get hard. It'll get hard for a little bit because I definitely will miss these guys, if anything, and when something happens to them. So, As much as I talk shit about them and as much as they aggravate me and uh, make my life miserable, when they come over and they, they cuddle up with you and they look up at you with those big dopey St. Bernard eyes, um, it all goes away. It all goes away and you deal with it for another day. So that's kind of our water situation. Um, Josh says it's like adopting three special needs kids. You would be correct. You would be correct. Uh, except mine are probably only going to live a six to eight years. In my case, I'm guessing all three of them will live extra long and, uh, they'll be like the oldest St. Bernard's, uh, the three oldest St. Bernard's in the history of uh, the world. Uh, that is how things go for me, but Anyway, uh, let's wrap up here. We're at 50 minutes. I, uh, I have a new item of the week or item of the day. Excuse me. I'm going to do one every day, hopefully. I, but I got this one done. Um, uh, campers have built-in pet bowls now. Yeah, not for ours. I will, uh, I will tell you that. Um, we have to buy the biggest, if we can find it, bowls um, when, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, Corey says one of them. One of the water bowls we use is a is a very large mixing bowl. So there you go. Dog stuff doesn't really. They don't make stuff. They don't make harnesses this big. They don't make. Uh, yeah, they just don't make shit as big as these guys are because there aren't that many dogs that big. Anyway, item of the day today is something that you can buy for under ten dollars that can save you thousands. Um, legit. These things work. They work well. I've witnessed them work on multiple occasions. I've talked to other people that uh, have, have witnessed them like work in, in action, uh, but they're the Bell Automotive deer whistles. Basically, they mount on the front bumper of your car. The wind, as you drive, blows through them, creates an ultrasonic or hypersonic or you can't fucking hear it, uh, but two different tones that funnel the deer off the road. Um, that's if you have actually, um, installed them, right. One word of warning, I put it in the review is when you're installing them, pay attention to the directions. If you put the driver's side on the passenger side and the passenger side on the driver's side, you will literally be funneling deer in front of you. So I would rather you not put them on. If you put them on correctly, I have seen deer try to run up onto the road and hit this almost like sound wall and bounce back into the ditch not just once because they saw the truck i've seen them multiple times try to run up onto the road on several occasions and bounce right back down into the ditch and take off because they hit that sound they hit that sound barrier and they work great um sorry reading the comments yet Anyway, item of the day, the Bell Automotive Deer Whistles. I grew up with them. My parents always had them. I always had them. Moved to Minnesota. Didn't have them for a long time. Then we moved out into the country. And I said, hey, Corey, after you hit that deer, we should probably get um, some deer whistles. She's like, what are deer whistles? 
We put them on and she was amazed. She was amazed when she saw them work. So they do work. They're under $10. They save you hitting deer. Um, you know how much of a pain in the ass that is up into the fact that you might die. Like it's not out of the question hitting a deer and ending up in a car accident bad enough to die. So 10 bucks, is it worth it? Josh says, did I just tell Rednecks how to get unlimited free venison? I may have. I may have. If you want to try it, uh, Corey had a relative that put him on the wrong way and hit three deer. I think she hit three deer after she put him on backwards before she realized they were backwards. So it pushes them in front. If they get through it and they're inside the cone, it will push them in front and, and move them there. So Unlimited venison. If you want to uh, put a cattle guard on your truck and go to town, be my guest. I didn't tell you to. Got an interview tonight. Uh, Tamay Hansen talking about, um, or Tamay Shannon, excuse me, um, has uh, some stuff to talk about social media, uh, what small businesses can do with uh, not very much time, her strategies. I'm curious to hear it because I'm guessing it's going to be all legacy. And, um, yeah, I'm not really about that at the moment. We'll find out. We'll find out. This one's been on the books for quite a while. We both had to. Um, uh, I, we've had to both reschedule, so this has been put out quite a bit. And uh, I'm curious what she has to say. So join us tonight, 6 p.m. live on YouTube and all the other streaming places, or catch the replay on the audio or videos. Let me uh, wrap up today, guys. It's Monday. I got to get out of here, get some stuff done. We will be uh, back with you tomorrow. Keep an eye out for that perfect cup question of the day coming out in a little while. And then the blog post for today's episode will be up soon. Especially if you want to check out those history notes. All the links will be in there. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate all the work there. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it when that link comes out with others. You can find it at thelotsproject.com or on Noster, Telegram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Rumble, and Instagram. Be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcast 2.0 value for value podcast players like Podverse or Found.fm. Make it a great day, guys, and we will catch up with you tomorrow.